Hey, welcome to New City. I'm Ron. And I'm Emily. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you so much for being here. We'd love to know you're tuning in today and help you connect to all that God is doing at New City. You can do that at newcity.us connect. Yes, and if you want to start the new year with more regular time reading the Bible, we have a great resource to help you do that. Just go to newcity.us slash reading plan. You can download a printable PDF with the whole Bible split out into daily readings for the year of 2022. And we hope you'll join us at our Matthews or South Park locations next Sunday, January 2nd, as we launch our year with a conversation with artist and writer Mako Fujimura. Mako's art and writing have been influential in both the church and broader culture over the past two decades. You don't want to miss this conversation. If you can't make it in person, join us online at 10 a.m. at newcity.us watch. Yes, and we want to thank you for your generosity throughout 2021. This has been a year full of reestablishing rhythms of ministry and service in our city and world. As you consider your year-end giving, and information will be coming to you through an email this week. You can also set that up at newcity.us give. Now let's continue to worship together. I will trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because He is good to me. Come let us worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has the great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes, he has done great things, he has done great things. Oh hero of heaven, you conquered the grave, you free every captive, and you break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. Your freedom awake and alive Oh Jesus, our Savior Your name lifted high Oh God, you have done great things You've been faithful through every storm You'll be faithful forevermore You have done great things And I know you will do it again For your promise is yes and amen You do great things God, you do great things Oh, hero you conquered the grave You free every captive And you break every chain Oh God, you have done great things We dance in your freedom Awake and alive Oh Jesus, our Savior Your name lifted high Oh God, you have done great things Above it all, hallelujah, God, 
unshakable hallelujah you have done great things you've done great things And you break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. You have done great Child. 
to sin We are not forsaken We are children of the King We are not condemned We are not slaves to sin We are not forsaken We are children of the King And the same power, the same power That rose Jesus from the grave Is alive have a relationship that you would classify as complicated. Uh, Maybe you've spent the last week uh, with people that you would say, I have a complicated relationship with them. Or maybe you have a a social media media status uh, with a person that that says it's complicated. Um, You're not alone in that. In fact, in the Bible, even guys that wrote the Bible, the Apostle Paul himself had complicated relationships with different people and different churches that he was a part of and that he even planted. And one of those churches is the church at Corinth. And so on this final message of the year, I want to invite you to open up your scriptures to 1 Corinthians, uh, the first letter that Paul wrote to this church uh, at Corinth that he had a complicated relationship with. He wrote four different letters that we know of uh, to the church at Corinth. This was a church that he helped to establish. But I think it's fair to say that if he had a social media status for his relationship with the church at Corinth, it would be, it's complicated. Uh, It was uh, at times strained and even painful relationship. And yet he loved them and he wanted to encourage them and help build them up and and, and strengthen their faith. And so uh, we have two of these letters recorded uh, in the scriptures for us. And I want to take you to the very first one, 1 Corinthians and begin to invite you into this relationship and this conversation between the Apostle Paul 
and the church at Corinth, which is more broadly us, uh, the church of Jesus, and these words that are written uh, from God to us. Uh, Paul begins to describe uh, to the church in chapter 1 his approach uh, at coming to them, you know, that he, he wanted to approach them with humility. Uh, he wanted to meet them where they were. He wanted to address divisions in the church and, and people identifying with different people, including Paul himself and, and different uh, factions that were, uh, that were happening in the church. And then he says this, if you skip ahead with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, when I first, again, he's, he's talking about the relationship. When I first came to you guys, um, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. First uh, Corinthians 2, 1, he says, I didn't come, you know, like one of the first century debaters or philosophers with lofty wisdom or, um, you know, eloquent quint speech. He says, you know, I came to you in a very plain way. Um, I came to you in a very direct way, a very everyday way. And that kind of describes his relationship with them. He, he wanted to meet them where they were and connect to their faith in a real way. And my hope today as we, as we finish uh, this year together, this is the last sermon of the year, is to connect with you in a really, um, a really authentic way from, from Paul's letter here um, to, to our hearts, to the church at Corinth and to our hearts as well. And he, he says, you know, I came to you in just an everyday kind of, kind of plain way. And then he says uh, these words, and this is going to be our... Our, our one verse for today, the, the, the last scripture that we, that we talk about together as a church uh, for this year. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. If, if you have it open, read along with me. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, Paul writes to them, he says, For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I, I love Paul's economy of speech here. He doesn't uh, use a lot of words. He doesn't mince words. He gets right to the point. He says, hey, I didn't come with lofty wisdom or, you know, lofty, you know, kind of high level speech. I just came in everyday language that you could understand. And then he says, because I made this decision that while I was with you, I'd forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And so as we, as we finish this year together in our last worship service of the year together as a church, I want to I wanna unpack this one simple verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. And I want to share, if you're taking notes, five things from this one verse, very simple, very plain spoken, to encourage you and to build your faith. And here's the first thing, straight from the verse. Paul begins and he says, for I decided. Um, I made a decision. I made a, a choice about how I was going to show up uh, in my relationship with you. Now, he's talking about the church at Corinth. I made a decision about how I was going to treat you. I made a decision about what I was going to write to you. I made a decision about how I was going to approach our conversation and our relationship. And so the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes with me today is this idea that, that I have agency. I decided. You know, God made us with the ability to choose. Um, he, he gave us choice. He gave us volition. Now, uh, I believe in the sovereignty of God, and I believe our choice has to operate within God's sovereignty. But within God's sovereignty, within those boundaries and the providence of God, we have choice. We have volition. We have agency. 
And so Paul says very clearly, I, I, I made a choice about my attitude. I made a choice about my posture. I made a choice about how I was going to approach you and our relationship. Now, here's the thing. I think that so many of us believe, because I think it's a, a part of the lie of our, of our culture and the world, and, and actually the enemy of our hearts wants us to believe that we don't have a choice, that we just are the way that we are, and there's nothing that we can do about it. You know, we were born into the family that we were born into. We were born into the time, into the culture. Uh, we're just a, a product of our circumstances, and we don't have choice. Now, don't get me wrong. We were born into certain family systems and, 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 and cultures and time and place, and there are things externally that have great effect on us. Absolutely. But Paul says very clearly here in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, that he decided. And you get to decide, and I get to decide how we show up to this thing called life. There's so much in this world, guys, that we don't get to decide. Some of the things I just mentioned, you don't get to decide what family you're born into. You don't get to decide what time and era you live in. You don't get to decide a lot of the circumstances that are around you. We don't certainly get to decide a lot of things that are happening in our world beyond our control. But we get to decide how we show up to our lives. We get to, show, uh, to, to decide our posture, our attitude, our, the, the thoughts that we, that we meditate on and that we, that we hold in our heads and our hearts. We get to, to decide our responses to people. Uh, maybe that's appropriate for you this week as you're visiting uh, family members. You get to decide how you show up. You can't decide for them what they say, what they do, but you get to decide how you respond, what you say, what, what you do. You have agency. And so Paul begins here by, again, talking about this complicated relationship and how he wants to approach his relationship with the church at Corinth, but it's, a, it's bigger than that. How he approaches his faith, how he approaches this one life that he gets to live, and, and, and it's an instruction for us of, of this one life that we get to live. You only get one life, guys. How are you going to show up to the life that God's called you to? Are you going to be the person that God has made you to be, fully alive? Will you, will you show up to that with your heart, with your mind, with everything that you have? You get to decide. Here's the second thing. Five things, okay? Just, just from this one verse of how Paul chooses to, to build into their faith and build into to the, their lives, the church at Corinth, and, and to each of us too. He says, for I decide, then he says, secondly, that while I was with you, he said, well, what does that mean, while I was with you? Well, it means that there was a, a season of time that Paul was, was with the church at Corinth. He's referencing the, the physical time that he was there. But I think it's even bigger than that for us. It's, it's the idea that everything in life is a season. You know, Solomon wrote about this, that there's a time for everything. You, you, you get this one life to live, but this one life that we have is divided up into different seasons, and that might be divided by different relationships or even different places that we live, different jobs. Uh, the word I would use here is assignments. You have varying assignments throughout the course of this one life that God gives you to live. You get to choose how you show up to that, and you also have to acknowledge that everything is an assignment. Paul says, I had this time, this window that I was with you, and I made a choice that while I was with you, this is how I was going to show up. And the idea is this, guys, is that our calling, you know, we, we, we use that word a lot in the Christian 
sphere, you know, our, our calling. But, but the truth is this. Our one calling is to Jesus. If you're a Christ follower today, your calling is to Jesus. Uh, as a disciple of his, you follow after him as the rabbi, and you learn from him, and you, and you model his behavior. Your calling is to follow Jesus. And so you, we have one calling, but we have many assignments. And, and, and weird things happen when we reverse those things. When we think that an assignment or, you know, whether it's a job or a person or uh, something that, that definitely has a beginning and an end, that that's a calling. And so when that assignment ends, we think, man, my calling is over with. No, your calling is to Jesus. Your calling is to follow Jesus, to speak his words, to, to, for his life to come out of your life. That's your one and only calling. And within that calling are many assignments. And so Paul is, is sort of referencing that here in his word to the church at Corinth. He says, you know, for I decided that while I was with you, I had an assignment. This was a, this was a specific time and place. And not only that, I'm accountable for how I show up to that. You know, leadership, ultimately, guys, is stewardship, and it's temporary, and we're accountable. It's temporary, and we're accountable. Following Jesus, this calling, is, is stewardship, right? Your life doesn't belong to you anymore. My life doesn't belong to me. It's temporary. There's a season for it, and I'm accountable. Paul says, you know, I made this choice of how I was going to show up, and I knew it was an assignment for a while I was with you. Here's the third thing. He says, I made a choice, I knew it was an assignment, and he says, I would forget everything. <laughs> I decided that while I was with you, thirdly, that I would forget everything. This is an amazing statement to me, because this is the Apostle Paul, right, with all of his stories, all of his experience, all of his education. And he basically says, my approach in my relationship with you and to helping you grow your faith was basically to forget everything else except for Jesus. I just, I wanted to, to, to forget it all. I didn't want to make any of my experiences or the old stories with other churches or other assignments or other things. I didn't want to make that the main thing. I wanted to make the main thing Jesus. You know, so much of our lives, so much of our, our assignments here and our calling to Jesus is keeping the main thing the main thing. And as we finish this year and we, we jump into another year, and, and as we think about things we want to stop doing and start doing and, and keep doing, I just want to encourage each of you from this word today to keep the main thing the main thing to forget about everything else. You remember uh, Paul says this uh, to the church at Philippi. If you go and cross-reference uh, Philippians chapter 3, and just read chapter 3, and when you get to verses 13 and 14, he says, you know, basically, I, I, this one thing, Paul says, I, I, I do. Now, there's a lot of things that he did, but he says, this is just the one thing I do is I, I forget everything that's behind me and I press on to take hold of that which took hold of me. And he's referring to Jesus and the calling and the life that he has in Christ. In other words, he says, this is the one thing I focus on. And so if you're looking for one thing to focus on as we end a year and we start another year, maybe it would be this. I'm forgetting about everything else. I'm leaving the past in the past. And here's the deal, guys. For some of you, you're like, that's good because I don't like my past, right? And so it's, a, it's, a, it's an encouraging word of you don't have to carry your past with you into the future. 
And for some of you, you're really weighted down with all these regrets and this, this stuff in the past that's, that's holding you back. And it's sort of like a, a bungee cord. Every time you want to walk into the, the assignment that God has for you and follow after Jesus, you're just pulled back into your past. And so you got to forget that stuff. And then here's the other thing. For some of you, it's like, man, I, I love the stories in the past. You know, I love my experience back here. And, and, we, and, and, and it's, it's okay. That's a great thing. But here's the deal. If you're living back here and you're just telling all the old stories, when your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. If I'm just living back here and I'm, I'm literally walking into the future looking backwards, that's dangerous. And so Paul says, Look, you know, I made this decision because I have agency as a person. God, God gave me volition and choice of how I choose to show up to this one life that I get to live. And I know it's an assignment that I'm going to be with certain people in certain places for it's going to be temporary no matter what. It might be an assignment of 50 years, but it's still temporary. It's not going to last forever. And so when I show up and I make a decision in that assignment, I want to forget everything else. And here's the fourth thing, except Jesus only Jesus. He's the only one that matters. And I know that's like, that's like the Sunday school answer of the answer for everything is Jesus. But the reality is, Paul is saying, look, when, when you strip everything else away, everything else in my life, the only thing that I really want you to see is Jesus in me. You, know, you can take everything else away, forget about everything else. I just want to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus. Nothing else really matters. And so here's my question for all of us, right? As we, as we finish up this year and as we think about how we want to enter into a new year, is Jesus enough? I mean, we, we, we talk about that a lot. Like, is, is Christ really enough in my, in my life? And the truth is that for many of us, we have a portfolio type of faith, meaning that Jesus has a part of the pie but, you know, our family has a part, our finances have a part, our, our, our homes, our, our education, our pedigree, our stories, whatever it might be for you. And Jesus, yeah, he plays a part of that. And sometimes it's a, it's a bigger part than others. But the reality is what Paul is saying is, listen, the only thing that matters in my life, the whole pie, is Jesus. That's, that's the whole deal. And he's enough. And he says, basically, I'm spending my whole life trying to put everything else um, you know, to, to rest. What he says is, I want to crucify myself. I'm putting everything else to death in order so that Christ can live in me. Because here's the deal, guys, and, and I'll move on to the last thing. If there's anything in that portfolio of, of faith where we, we, we put different things there, and we put Jesus and our car or house or our spouse or kids or anything else, including a lot of good things, by the way, it's taking up space that the life of Jesus wants to occupy. And so Paul says, I'm, I'm just learning that every single day I've got I've to crucify myself. I've got I've to leave that stuff in the past and, and make the main thing the main thing. Paul says, I, I, I made a choice. I decided because God gives me volition. He gives me agency to make a choice. I decided that while I was with you, it's an assignment, right? I've got, this, I've got this assignment to this company. I've got this assignment to this geographical place. I've got this assignment to this church. Whatever it might be for you today, I've got this assignment. And, and, and I know it's going to be temporary. And I want to show up. I want to show up fully, forgetting everything else that's happened, the good, the bad, and the ugly, except Jesus. I, I, it, Jesus is enough. 
If I had a title for this message, it would be, and if you're taking notes, it would be only Jesus. That, that, that we want to finish the year just by saying it's, it's just Jesus. That's what all of this is about. That's what all of our lives are about. Here's the last thing. I said there were five, right? The first is, you know, I've decided. The second is, while I was with you. The third is, I'd forget everything. The fourth is, accept Jesus Christ, only Jesus. And here's the fifth one, the one who was crucified. The one who was crucified. It's, it's interesting to me, right, that if you're reading this verse, and, and just look at it again here with me, 1 Corinthians 2, 2. You, you, Paul could have put a period after Christ. For I decided that while I was with you, I'd forget everything except Jesus Christ, period. That's a great statement. I mean, that, that's enough. That, that's enough to fill up the sermon, right, for sure. But he adds this last phrase, this, this last phrase, the one who was crucified. It's as if he, he wanted to remind the church, the church at Corinth. He wanted to remind us, and maybe as if he wanted to remind himself that when he says that, it's, that Jesus is enough, except for Jesus Christ, he wants to remind us and he wants to remind himself the one who was crucified for us, the one that went to the cross for us, the one that was perfect in his life and leadership and yet bore all of humanity's sin on an old rugged cross. That is the one that is enough. No one or nothing else ever could be enough. And by the way, guys, with that question, is Jesus enough, the one who was crucified? Is he enough? If he's not enough, no one or nothing will ever be enough in your life. You know, the story of the scriptures is the story of humanity trying to find pleasure and fulfillment in something or someone else other than God. And it's also the story of a God who is rejected over and over and over and over again by the characters in the Bible and by each of us, pursuing us and continuing to make himself known to us, to deliver his message of love and grace and forgiveness. It's the message of the gospel that we should finish this year with. The gospel or the good news is this, that through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, God has fully accomplished everything necessary for our salvation. In other words, God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that we could not live. And, and therefore, he was able to take upon himself our punishment for sin and death in order to offer us new life. The one who was crucified. To me, those words, those five words there that this verse ends with, that's the gospel. The one who took upon our sin and our death and our past and all the stuff that might be weighing us down, Jesus paid it all. He had you in mind when he hung on that cross because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Don't, don't go into another year. D don't end this year without knowing that you have a living relationship 
with Jesus. It's nothing you could do. It's nothing you could earn. It's not about your, your past, your pedigree. It's not about any, your performance, any of those things. It's about your simple trust in Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are, and you paid the price for my sin on the cross. You were crucified for me. I believe you, and I trust you, and I invite you into my life. That's what it is, and it's placing your hand into his hand and then beginning to walk every day in your calling with him as he leads you from assignment to assignment to assignment the rest of your life. What would it look like as we finish, right? Last sermon of the year. What would it look like for you to be your true self as God made you to be? Because God made you. The psalmist says that you were knitted together in your mother's womb, that he made you and he knows you. What would it look like for you to be that person that God made you to be fully alive? to be your true self as God made you fully alive. I think that's what this verse is all about, about being your true self, the person that God made you uniquely to be, fully alive. Remember, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it overflowing abundantly. What would that look like for you today? For those of you who are watching in your living room, you're listening in a car, maybe you're traveling right now, maybe you're, you're watching from, uh, from a family member's house that you're visiting, what would it look like for you to be your true self as God made you to be fully alive? You know, I heard someone once say, don't try to be someone else because their life is already taken. You gotta be you. But not just, not just you as, as the person who has all these different desires and dreams of yourself, but you as God made you to be. The person that God designed and knitted together in your mother's womb. The person that God has a plan for and a purpose for uniquely in this life. And all kinds of assignments and opportunities for you to advance the kingdom of God. What would it look like for you to be that true self, fully alive? That is my prayer for each of you, New City Church that we would be the, the people that God has called us to be individually and collectively as a church. And we would be fully alive, bringing his gospel, his gospel renewal to, to our city and to the world. That we would be our true selves, fully alive, living on mission for God. Here's the bottom line today. Let me just slowly read for you the passage again. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2 Verse 2, Paul's word to the church at Corinth and to each of us today as we finish out this year together. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. To him alone be the glory today. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much. As we finish out this year, we thank you for your life, this one life that you've given to us to live. And our prayer today as we finish this year and we begin a new year is that we would live in our true selves, the new creation that you've made us to be, Jesus, and that we would do so fully alive. You've given us this one life to live, and we want to live it fully for your glory 
advancing your kingdom. So I pray for each of my friends today, listening, watching, wherever they might be, that your Holy Spirit would comfort them, encourage them, and strengthen their faith today with this word. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things, you've done great things, hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, And you break every chain, oh God You have done great things We dance in your freedom Awake and alive Oh Jesus, our Savior Your name lifted high, oh God You have done great things You have done great things Oh God, you do great Thanks so much for worshiping with us today, New City. If you would, no matter where you are, extend your hands for benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Have a great week, New City.